SMS SAFM now on 41391. The Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We'll get straight into our thinking point and then I'll also be taking your calls on 011-714-2006 on the WhatsApp line. It's 0614-104-107 and on social media, Twitter that is, it's at SFM Radio, the hashtag there. SFM Talking Point. As always, I invite you to be a part of the conversation. You're welcome to bring anything onto the agenda beyond uh, some of the issues we've covered. The Women on Projects Project, the Women on Farms rather project, is warning that many women are facing evictions on farms. It's particularly since the lifting of the national state of disaster. Now, earlier this week on Tuesday. More than 100 women marched to the Powell Magistrates Court and the Drakenstein Municipality to highlight this issue. Carmen Lowe is the co-director of Women on Farms Project. She joins us now. Carmen, good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Jacqueline Sampson is the Director of Planning Development and Human Settlements in the Drakenstein Municipality. Jacqueline, good morning. Good morning, ma'am. Good morning, listeners and Carmen. All right, let me begin with you, Carmen, and give you an opportunity to explain what your concerns are uh, with regard to the eviction of women on farms. Well, women worked on farms, or farm workers worked on farms for many years. And for various reasons, they are evicted from farms. They are illegal evictions, constructive evictions, and in court ordered evictions. And the issue with the court-ordered evictions, there must be alternative accommodation. Um, And the quality of alternative accommodation provided by municipalities create informal settlements with various um, challenges and socioeconomic um, conditions. And as you stated, there's been um, a temporary moratorium with the lockdown regulations on evictions. And now, with the easing of regulations, uh, we expect a spike in evictions. Our office has already been inundated with, with various cases, um, and that is just, um, in a nutshell, some of the challenges. Carmen, before we explore, explore those further, if possible, can you give us um, a typical profile of the, the kind of a person we're talking about here that would be or is likely to be affected by these evictions? Well, it's either widows who were seasonal workers whose husbands passed on and whose husband, the, na- the contract, the housing contract was in the name of the husband. Mm-hmm. So they or their children face and, and all their children face eviction. And what we are seeing more increasingly is that farms are sold for other activities, development, high, um, high cost, uh, country lifestyle housing are developed. Um, and then the whole farm um, uh, dwellers, the whole farm dweller communities are evicted. Uh, uh, on average, is there an idea of how long um, some of these these farm workers that we're talking about, how long it is that they would have been working on these uh, said farms? Is it a case of, of generations of, of people that have lived on this land? It's generations, yes, 
And it's not if one family hasn't lived on a farm for generations, they've lived on a neighboring farm because they normally, if they don't stay on one farm, they will migrate in the same area, neighboring farm, wherever. So we've had one case that I'm sure Jacqueline is well aware of, uh, the Sutendal um, farm eviction where 23 families were evicted. One woman lived on the farm for, 20, for more than 40 years. She's 83 years old and still sitting in a shack um, after being evicted from the farm. And there's many similar um, cases like that. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a horrible situation. When you were protesting to the court and to the municipality, what is the intervention that you would want the municipality to put in place? Well, the municipality, we want the municipality to provide proper housing um, and also proper um, spatial, integrated spatial framework. Because what is happening is in, in uh, Brackenstein municipality in particular, some dealers were evicted from one area, of, were placed in old army tents in a recreational park, um, far from where they were. Um, it's now a number of years later, many have died, they're still there. So we want the municipality to sit because what I'm sure Jacqueline will tell you, they're preparing service sites. Um, so what we want is a proper strategy where there's clear time frames for proper housing in locations close to farm where people work for generations lived and worked. The whole social structure is connected to a particular area, schools, churches, and now they're being forcefully relocated to other areas that's often very unsafe and overcrowded and so forth and so forth. Did, did you say that they were moved to old army tents? Into old army tents in a municipal, municipal recreation facility. So they're still there for, I think, almost four or five years now. Um, they're being harassed by the locals around because they're not used to living in that particular part of the municipality. Um, and the tents are, are now poor quality snakes go into the tents because it's a, um, a recreational area, bushes and everything. So... Yeah, but how, how can how can how can anybody be expected to live in a tent unless I don't have a clear picture of of what the structure looks like? Well, the Human Rights Commission um, intervened a couple of years ago. There was intervention planned where um, temporary structured housing would be built. They still they are still in tents. The other community which we supported were placed now. They were evicted in twenty fifteen in zinc structures that was after women on farms had to intervene to ensure that they don't because on the when they were evicted or attempt eviction the first day when the sheriff of the court came there was no alternative um, accommodation and we had to intervene and then they erected zinc structures without foundation um there's been three shack fires already three people died in the shack fires a number of people were murdered the Past weekend, another person were murdered, 17 deaths already, mm. um, and many of them violently and um, due to illnesses um, that can be related to the living conditions. Jacqueline, let me come to you and give you an, op- an opportunity to respond as the uh, municipality. 
Good morning, listeners. I'm Jackie Sampson, Executive Director for Planning, Development and Human Settlement at Rappenstein Municipality. Thank you to Women on Farms for taking up the plight of females on farms. But as Rappenstein Municipality, we look at the overall housing need of people. It uh, doesn't matter where they live. So people have an opportunity to register their need on our housing demand database. And we also have a an allocation of 60-20-20, a quarter where 60% comes from the general housing demand database list. 20% of any um, project or housing opportunity goes to special needs. And then we've also identified 20% for rural or those living on farms. And we also request when people register on the housing demand database, they must indicate that they live in a rural area. And then they will be prioritized in terms of the 20% quota that we allocate in any project for rural dwellers. And um, I would like to touch on our temporary accommodation policy, where we have a policy which indicates the specifications, the norms and standards for the provision of alternate or temporary accommodation in the case where there's emergency, like in a fire or flood where people have to be relocated, where there's evictions and there's court orders that indicate that the municipality must provide alternate accommodation. And then when there's general just um, relocation of, of persons out of um, undesirable or unhealthy or unsafe environments. So we have a policy around that and spe- specifies the specifications or the norms and standards in terms of services provision and in terms of the size and the material used for the structure. The case that the that um, Carmen referred to is the blowaways case where people were evicted from private property and the court ordered the municipality to provide alternate accommodation. We have provided alternate accommodation in the interim while we were preparing the site because Kwanfusak project People were located in tents in our uh, one of our resorts, one of the municipalities' resorts. So we used municipal um, land and municipal resources to accommodate them temporarily. The site has been prepared, prepared service site for them, which is uh, better conditions and in terms of the council policy to accommodate the households. 11 have moved and 45 refused to move. So they continue to live in the tents although alternate accommodation with services have been provided and better and substructures. So, with reference so, to the murders, excuse mm-hmm. me. So, Carmen, just before we get to the issue of crime, the temporary accommodations, the specifications by the municipality around temporary accommodation, is that the tents that you're talking about? So that is what the, the municipality provides in the case of emergencies. That interim facility is now being, yes, the zinc structure. People are, li- are living there for seven years in that one particular settlement, which is now overcrowded because the created settlement allows for others to also in need of housing. It's not necessarily farm dwellers. Um, also um, occupy um, a part of that is is no space in that space anymore. I must just add that Women on Farms in the Lolo matter is an amicus 
and who took uh, in a case where Mr. Lola and his daughter took the Brackenstein municipality to court around the quality mm. of alternative accommodation. We're still awaiting the judgment um, because we argue that the municipality are not providing sufficient, not taking aside sufficient funds, um, only relying on what the Western Cape province, uh, provincial government provides, which means the quality of alternative accommodation is very bad. As right. I said, the, the Sukhandal evictions, there's no foundation. There's the, the, the structures are next to one another. So when there's a fire, it spreads rapidly. And we, we, we're challenging government, in particular local government, that they're creating slums. All right. And not proper accommodation. We're going to continue with this conversation shortly. Let me go to Luanda Maume with the latest news headlines. We continue the conversation on the talking point for our thinking point today. We're looking at the warnings, uh, particularly from Women on Farms project around the eviction of women on farms and how they're worried that these evictions could increase with the end of the national state of disaster. Carmen, uh, Carmen Lowe is the co-director of Women on Farms Project. Jacqueline Sampson is the director of Planning, Development and Human Settlements in the Drakenstein Municipality. I'll be taking your calls on 011-714-2006. That's the number uh, to dial this morning. Jacqueline, I, I just wanted to get clarity from you. In as far as the temporary accommodation that the municipality puts in place, is that temporary accommodation? So does the legislation state that there are tents that are suitable, that are considered to be suitable emergency accommodation structures? I want to confirm that we do not provide tents as temporary accommodation, we provide tents as interim. And in the case of Blowace, which is one incident in Drakenstein Municipality, where we were so busy preparing the alternate accommodation for those evicted from the private property, and it wasn't Drakenstein that applied to the eviction, it was private property owners in the same way. On the farms, it's private owners, the farm owners, that apply for the eviction, it's not the municipality. So in that case, I wanted to be clear that we provided accommodation for those blowaways. We refer them as the blowaways people. They were evicted from the blowaways. They were provided with alternate accommodation, which they haven't taken up yet. They continue and prefer to stay in the tent, which was an interim measure. How, how long? How long do you do, do you do you allow people to stay in the tents for? What is the, the the time frame that you work within as a municipality? The the we were meant to relocate them within a year. They refuse to be relocated. We've um, issued them with letters. No, but but but, but, but I'm asking you. Sorry, Jacqueline. I'm asking you specifically around the, the policy of the municipality, right? So you, you, you talk about the tents are temporary structures. No, but it's interim. Interim please, structures, please, sorry, yes. Interim, yes. Interim yes, yes. structures. <laughs> yes. Is it different? How long do you give yourselves to be able to provide temporary structures? So I'm assuming the temporary is moving from what? From a tent to a zinc structure? Yes, it is moving to a structure 
where there's services provided, and that has been ready for more than a year already, and they have refused to take up the alternate accommodation. They have refused to move out of the tent, which was an interim arrangement. So we will make that interim arrangement until the alternate accommodation is made available. We how long, how long do you expect... How long is the deadline that you give yourselves for there, people there to live in deadline. these tents? There, there is uh-huh. no deadline. I'm uh-huh. sorry to interject, but you must understand that the accommodation has been ready for more than a year. We can't give... We had a, an agreement with those low-wage occupants where we said we're doing this as an interim arrangement while we're preparing the site because at the time of the court order, there was no alternate accommodation available yet and we were busy preparing the site. How long did they did they live in the tents before also, your, your interim structures were ready? They were still living in the tents since no, the court order. Yes, but I'm asking you... Jacqueline, understand my question. I'm asking you, how long were they living in the tents before your interim structures were ready for occupation? They were living there for about 18 months before it was ready for accommodation. Wow. To, to move there. So that's, that's, that's close on two years. So the municipality... 18 months? Yes. So the municipality... <laughs> one year or two years. So, so the municipality sees nothing wrong with letting people live in tents for 18 months, even... Oh, on on the account of eighteen months, Jacqueline, Man. would would you would you allow yourself to live in a tent for eighteen months? Ma'am, let me tell you, they have access to services there. They have access to electricity. What are you saying? What does is, that even mean? What do you mean? Can you allow me to respond? Can you allow me to respond? When the court order was issued. We did not have accommodation for them. It was a court order, and their agreement signed by those lowest occupants was that we are preparing the alternate accommodation for them, and as soon as it's ready, they move over. When it was ready, so it's ready for more than 18 months already. For two years, that they refused to move, and the owner court, their own decision, they refused to move. So they've extended their own tenure in the tent. In the what, what about the, the what about provided. the the allegation that is being made that even in these zinc structures that you have built, that some of them don't have proper foundations, and yet you're expecting people to move into them? Ma'am, um, the policy indicates the norms and standards for the provision. People who have moved in have made arrangements to put in their own foundation. You are correct. We don't provide a foundation. That's what the policy allows for. So we provide services and we provide the material and we build the top structures for those who are evicted. In others, in other areas, we just provide the material and people build themselves. So what we are saying, people are fully aware of what the standards are of the structure and the alternate accommodation that we provide. It is an approved council policy. It is public, a public policy that everybody has access to. And when we communicate to people, such as the blowers and households, we indicated what the norms and standards would be, and people signed the agreement knowing what the alternate accommodation norms and standards are. So, yes, I confirm there's no foundation provided, but like everybody else that moved in, they provided their own foundation, 
and they secured the structure through their own their own accord. They provided the the foundation. Uh, that is the council policy, and that's the norms and standards. That's approved. Uh, Carmen, uh, I want to bring you in here, and perhaps you can you can talk to us about. For, for for those people that are refusing to to move out of the tents, as we're being told by Jacqueline now, why is is that the the case? Um, thanks, Kathy. I just want to add that that eviction took place in 2016 already. Mm. So it was six years, five five six years already that they're living there. So if the the temporary structures are only available for eighteen months. Part of the reason why they don't want to move is that it is the local, as I say, they moved from Samondian, from one area to Pau, to another area. So they are seen as um, invaders. They are not residents of that, although it's one municipality, they're coming from another area. So the backyard dwellers of Pau, they occupied that structures and they threatened them that if their area, if they move in there, they'll be hurt. So that's why some of them refused. On another point, what Jacqueline is saying, they provided with some people, one, that the alternative accommodation were not ready, which means every time there's an eviction, there's no alternative accommodation ready, and then there's a scramble, and then women and farms and like-minded organizations must intervene because people are literally on the street. Mm -hmm. So that's how prepared the municipality is. Then in terms of the Khrujom case, municipalities has, even if they evicted from private properties, municipalities or the state has an obligation to provide alternative accommodation. And often municipalities like Drakenstein are not ready with that accommodation. A service site is often two tents and a few um, shared um, portable toilets. And it uh, provides it's very difficult for for the occupants then to to use that limited basic facilities, and that contributes to the diseases and the infighting and whatever happens in in, in these alternative sites. And that is why we want the municipality to prepare and to develop proper systems, integrated systems, where communities are serviced properly in proper housing. And, and and Jacqueline, what do you have to say to that as a as a municipality? Sounds like a fair request to me. Thank you very much. I'm commonly correct that um, we don't have sites that's readily available for to accommodate evictees. What we do is we when the when we are cited in a court order, when we are respondents in a court order, because often the private landowner or the farm owner goes to court without consulting the municipality. So when we are cited, we look at meaningful engagement with the farm owner, with the um, community that's affected, and of course us as the municipality. So what we do is look at how we can address this in some incidences, Incidents, the municipality has um, provided alternate accommodation with funding that the farm owner has provided for its farm dwellers. And so we are grateful for that. When we refer to the Grootboom case and the obligation of the state, I will call the state, which is all spheres of government, the function for providing housing opportunities for risk with provincial and national Department of Human Settlements, all policies and everything is clear on that and legislation is clear on that. 
The municipality is responsible for providing basic services, um, whether it is rudimentary services or full services or shared or communal services. That's our responsibility as a municipality, not to provide top structures. And when we talk about the form and the type of the top structures or the location of it, even we look at it, at where there is land available, municipal owned land or other resources that the municipality can provide. So Carmen is correct in saying that the the um, type of top structures is not desirable and um, there are a lot of people that are not happy with that and that's probably why the blowers people do not want to move. Um, but we we indicate that's why we have a policy with limited resources. We issue a policy that indicates how our resources are used and that's an approved policy and that's what we implement when we look at alternative accommodation. So, uh, so, so there will be there will be unhappiness about it, um, but that is an approved policy, and that is what we're implementing with the resources we have. Bearing in mind that the municipality is responsible only to provide basic services and not to provide top structures. Let me go to, to, let me go to Aisha in Uppington. Aisha, good morning. Morning, Kathy. Yes. Um, I'm speaking to what, what is the name of the lady from from the municipality? Uh, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, you must be ashamed to come on national radio and talk such nonsense. Firstly, it was the father's responsibility. He did not do you a favor giving you money to build these people's structures. It is his responsibility to provide alternative accommodation. Secondly, you have the audacity to come here and tell us that they are unhappy with the structures after living in the tent for 18 months, which you must be ashamed of. And uh, thirdly, you are supposed to be serving the community. And fourthly, did you consult them about where you're putting up that structure? And don't tell me that you don't have money to be doing that. Then you should have got the money from the farmer who took them off their land. Thank you, Cassie. All right, Aisha, out in Uppington there. Uh, obviously, Aisha sounding very frustrated. Um, Jacqueline, do, do you want to respond just to, to, to some of those issues? Because I think it, it really comes down to um, the quality of, of, of interim structures, of interim accommodation that people are being provided with here. Thank you for coming um, in all the way from Uppington. And I think this is a national um, concern. In any case, it's not just um, isolated in Drakenstein or Western Cape. So we have norms and standards, and I'm going to refer to it every time because in the case where there's limited resources, you have to indicate norms and standards and a policy as well as legislation on how you will apply or use your limited resources. <laughs> in this instance, and I want to go Back to um, the Squinfersbucht is the project where the lowest people have been provided with alternate accommodation. But, and I think Carmen alluded to it, is also when we had an agreement with different communities, because we also have other backyards and other housing needs that we have to address. So we had an arrangement on how the breakdown or the allocation between different communities, whether it's evictees or backyarders or others from informal settlements, how they will be accommodated in that 
Kuhn gezicht in development. And everybody was aware of that. Um, all the beneficiaries they knew who will benefit and when they will move and the sequence of the move, as soon as the site is ready, we move people. And what we are saying is that people understood what the, um, the format, the type of structure, the type of material we will provide, the size, the type of service, and communal service we will provide. Everybody was aware of it up front. And the blowers people specifically have signed an agreement with the municipality um, where we were forced, we didn't get resources from the private landowners um, when they were evicted from there. The municipality had to provide resources in that incident. And um, so we are, um, we are fully aware of what um, the standards are and what was agreed to agreed with um, with the community or the beneficiaries, including the bearers. So that was the approach. Um, yes, we we would not want people to live in um, temporary accommodation such as tents and endure harsh weather conditions. In, in addition to that, they are also living in a resort that's used by the community. So there's a broader community that's also, and their recreational facilities have also um, compromised. It's a, it's a day visitors where people buy and um, bring their families and um, have um, outings. It's a communal, a community facility, the New Orleans Park, which is also now limited um, and access because we have to accommodate um, the, the blowers people in a portion of the, of the um, resort, or the New Orleans Park. So um, there's other community needs that also have been compromised by this. Uh, and, and as a municipality, we look at a broader community. We look at overall how we address the needs of our, our residents, our business owners, um, and people who visit Rathenstein municipal area. Uh, all right. Jacqueline Sampson, we'll leave it there with you for this morning, Director of planning development and human settlements in the Drakenstein municipality. Uh, Carmen, I'm going to give you just a minute to, to give your final thought as well. Well, uh, Drakenstein is considered the hotspot for evictions in the recent past. At one stage, there 20,000 people faced evictions from farms, according to a senior municipal official. Um, that was because of the number of court applications. And that is why we arguing and we're with the municipality to provide proper systems to accommodate where there is these evictions. And she, Jacqueline keeps talking about norms and standards. Norms and standards can be changed. And we've seen and they experience themselves that these sites that they prepare are not sufficient, is not good enough. So norms and standards can be changed, and that is what we're arguing for. Drakenstein is a hotspot. Thousands more evictions will take place. Prepare properly and treat people with dignity. And in terms of the amicus application, we, we support is provide proper resources from the municipality side to support evicted farm dwellers. All right. Common Low, she's co-director of Women on Farms Project. Uh, we leave it there with you, Common, as well.